Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey, Jake. Yes, sir. Did you know it is our anniversary month? How long have we been married? (laughs) No, the show. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I did know The that, show's actually. anniversary. We are turning six years old, and to celebrate that- We're going to first grade. We're <laughs> close. We're giving a discount on our Patreon. If you join the year-long subscription to the Patreon, you can get 15% off during the month of May. You can find out everything about our Patreon at patreon.com slash thecritshow, but all tiers for the month of May are 15% off when you sign up for the annual membership. Is that as exciting as first grade? You know, now that I'm kind of remembering back to first grade, that's far better than first grade. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special episode of The Crit Show on International Talk Like a Pirate Day. Uh, We decided that in honor of today's holiday, uh, we're going to put out the sixth episode of our Patreon show, Perilous Tides. You've all had the opportunity to hear the first five uh, on our main feed. It was what came out between seasons two and three Um, because of International Talk Like a Pirate Day. We thought we would share with you the beginning of our next story. Uh, and if you enjoy what you hear on Perilous Tides, you can go to patreon.com slash the crit show and get a private RSS feed with all of our bonus content shows starting at just $5. I've got the entire cast here of Perilous Tides with me. And I think in honor of this day, I would love to do some pirate jokes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So take a minute. Steal yourself. Come up with your best pirate joke. Steal yourself to not laugh at anybody else's joke. Let's let this all just die in the water. I thought that was aimed at me and steal yourself so you can actually get through the joke without, <laughs> without breaking down laughing. All right, Jake has got his. I've got mine. You ready? Yes. Yeah. How much did the pirate pay for his piercings? How much? A buccaneer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I like it. Uh, how do pirates know that they are pirates? How do they? They think, therefore, they are. Uh, no. <laughs> Ooh, okay. What did the ocean say to the pirate? What? Nothing. It just waved. Uh, uh, why don't you ever see a pirate cry? I don't know. Because when they do, it's a private tear. Oh. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, okay. What's a pirate's favorite element? What? Okay, hold on. Argon. No, wait, gold. It's gold. (laughs) Beautiful. Something that we started once we moved to Patreon is the ABCs of piracy. We have started to put together an ABC book. Every episode, uh, the four of us take a stab at the next letter of the alphabet, and then we vote to see which one goes into the book. And there is, in fact, book pages being made of the uh, pirate ABCs. Uh, so thank you for joining us here uh, and enjoy episode six of Perilous Tides.
Hey, everybody. Welcome to Perilous Tides. Um, this is not normally how the show will start whatsoever because, I mean, really because this is Tass's show. Uh, but before we actually get in to the game, I'm going to talk about a couple of logistic things. We had mentioned before as we put this out on the main feed that once we brought it into Patreon, uh, we were going to start using the updated playbooks and move lists that Whistler had given us. Um, so we're going to do that right now. We're going to do a little bit of uh, kind of a loose retcon on a couple things. Some playbook moves have changed. There are playbooks now for ships. Um, a lot of just little mechanical changes. Um, and we will make those changes kind of between story arcs. Um, Whistler is going to keep sending us updates as the playtest goes on and as they listen to us run it. Um, and so between story arcs, we might do just a little kind of touch in about, oh yeah, hey, this has changed. So this mechanic works slightly different. Um, we will do as much as we can of that, not in the episode. We'll do it all beforehand. So then once we're into the episode, uh, we're just getting the gameplay and, and the antics. Um, so thank you for joining us. Um, and for those of you, I know a lot of people had said that they were joining uh, because of this show. So those of you who are new and joining us for the first time, thanks for being here. So do we want to just go around and real quick talk about our mechanical changes that we each had as playbooks? Yeah, I mean, so I think the biggest one is that they did away with pirates entirely. Yes. So this is now yeah. a farming simulator. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Finally. Thank and, God. I mean, and the response that we got to the four of us playing um, Stardew Valley, I still think it'll go over pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so not much really changed for me for the captain. Um, stats are the same. Kit is the same, except that uh, they've done away with guild so they've kind of replaced coin and guild with uh, treasure and hoard. So instead of having uh, a guild, I have a treasure now. Um, one of my moves, my white whale move, that was kind of what my obsession was, has been rolled back into just the questions that you answer. Uh, my grand ambition, uh, I would choose between claiming a mythic treasure, vanquishing a powerful foe, or claiming a great title. So that is now just vanquish a powerful foe. Um, but the, the lore is the same. Uh, I lost a move. We don't have bond moves anymore. Um, those have been either rolled into other things or, or done away with or sort of rephrased. What we have now are finale moves. So the finale move that I have is basically what my white whale move was. It is taking a big step towards my ambition. Uh, I can lose some bond with a crewmate and get some extra dice to use in pursuing that opportunity. And if I fulfill my grand ambition... I undergo a major change. Um, probably I'm not the captain anymore. Uh, beyond that, my my starting special is the same. They limited the number of vices we have, but the ones that I do have, uh, I had before. Pirates, Vice, and Obsessed stay. Still got Recruit, still got Command, still got a lot of the same advanced moves to choose from, and a couple of new ones. Also, I handled my level up incorrectly. Um, you need five plus, like, the level you're trying to get to. So I needed six XP. So I've just scratched my plus one blood for now. Excellent. Uh, Megan, what changed for you? Um, Almost everything stayed the same for me, except for, uh, so we had weaknesses before and yeah, and those are now called vices. Uh, and before we, we each had six, I believe, and now we are down to four. And what two did it leave you with that are um, set besides the two that are open? So the two that are established are pissed and bloodthirsty. So uh, 
when I'm pissed, I'm compelled when insulted, uh, and I fly into a rage and do something dumb. And then bloodthirsty I had before as well, and that is compel when angry and attempt murder. One thing to note about me and Megan, uh, our shared history with the banana company, that is actually my question that got replaced. So I no longer own the banana company, but sort of our history about it still stands. She still worked for it. And rather than me like operating it, it is just something that I am I am kind of hands off involved in, but it is not mine that you ordered from a lot (laughs) i ordered takeout from a lot he was a big banana (laughs) breakfast fan uh and my finale move is when you lose control and break something you may lose one base bond with a crewmate you hurt if you do clear all vices and when you sacrifice yourself to save your crew choose one uh either the crew the gods or the sea returns you to life what is your new power what is your new scar or you are reborn take the veteran move Outstanding. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's everything for me. All right, Kim, what switched for you? Um, quite a lot switched for me, actually, but all good things. The most important thing, though, is that uh, the demon in my hand persists. So, oh, thank God. Uh, infernal hunger was unchanged. My two established vices are hallucinations, which is compel upon specific trigger hallucinate and believe it's real, which is cleared by appeasing my demon, and the bedeviled weakness, compel, when your demon feels or desires something, feel or desire the same, which is cleared by a hard-won moment of humanity. Um, I gained a new starting playbook move called Rotes. Your demon gives you rote abilities that you can use at any time. At character creation, choose two. So I chose, you can speak telepathically to someone if you can see them. And you can telepathically pick up or manipulate small objects if you can see them. So those are essentially kind of like uh, cantrips for anyone who's played like, uh, you know, like Pathfinder or whatever. They're just sort of like little magical things I can do all the time. And whenever you take one base bond with your demon, choose an additional rote. Whenever you lose one base bond with your demon, lose a rote. So because I have one base bond with Monty right now, I get an extra rote, which is you make brief minor illusions. My finale move When you ask your demon for power, you may lose one base bond with a crewmate you've forsaken. If you do, your demon will give you one of the following. Use of one, one luck dark magician power that you can use without rolling or spending luck until the end of the scene, or another similar boon. And finally, when you gain the strength to fight your demon, choose one. Use it to gain power. In exchange for this strength, your demon will give you use of one one luck dark magician power that you may use at any time without rolling or spending luck or another similar boon. Mark all luck and start again. Or use it to expel your demon from yourself. Lose all base bond with it and take the veteran move. But beyond that, it's all pretty similar. Oh, wait. One of my questions has changed. Okay. I used to have um, one crewmate knows your secret. I think we should still just keep that in the fiction. Sure. Uh, But my additional question is now, one of your crewmates knows your demon's true weakness. What is it? And I think that, uh, you know, Sayer is a kind of experienced sailor and uh, knows a lot about the world and a lot about magic in the world. I feel like Sayer might know the demon's true weakness. So the question is, does Ada know... I mean, I feel like if Ada knew, then this demon wouldn't still be in their family line. I don't think she knows the weakness. Okay, so then do you, Kim, want to know? 
Oh, I think it's more fun if I don't know. All right. Yeah, because I think, can, at least canonically, I don't know she has a demon. I just happen to know its weakness once I find out she has it. Sure, I like that a lot. Uh, yeah, and um, one thing that uh, I'm going to change from episode five, uh, now that Bond is a little harder to get with people, I'm going to change my, uh, my end of session bonus. I initially marked one experience. I'm going to change that to uh, gaining one Bond with uh, Theo. I think, because we had some good moments. She saved me from a burning ship. So, All right then, Rev. What do we have switched up for you? Um, I'm actually going to do the same thing. Um, I'm going to drop my point of experience, and I'm going to take Bond, um, and I'm going to take mine with Ada, because uh, off the bat, she doubted the visions that Sayer was having, uh, but then once Callahan vouched for him, she seemed to believe the other things that he was doing. She never kind of she kind of leaned into the things that he was saying could be true. And so I think he trusts her a little more now. Uh, so my established vices are migraines. What can cure them is downtime. Uh, compel when hearing a loud noise, take to harm or fall unconscious. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, and starstruck. I can clear that by making a foolish decision. And the uh, ramification of that is the fate picks another trigger for my question two, which is um, when do I get a vision? Uh, and then as for my moves, my finale move is actually the same as my bond move was before. And then my two moves that I start with, Prophesize has changed just a little bit. Um, I actually get two hold on a 10 uh, and I can spend them on an unexpected ally appears, describe who it is. A great, terrible calamity befalls someone, describe it. Uh, if a crewmate missed a move, they can act as if they got a 10 plus or there's no catch, meaning that that just happens and and the thing. So basically I got to spend that with another one oh, I to see. make sure nothing bad happens. Um, and then con, when you conduct your ship into danger, roll plus vinegar on a hit, hold two on a 10 plus hold three on a miss. You may hold one. If you take a vice, as long as you're helming the ship, you can spend one hold to use one of the following effects, which lasts until you are out of danger. Your ship takes plus one armor. You and your crew take an automatic 10 plus on a steering or scarpering. You and your crew mark one bond with your ship. The ship takes the blessed and locust tags. Manning the cannons can inflict one additional tag of your choice on enemies. Uh, and I lost the star color move because that has actually been wrapped up into the star chart moves there combined now. Nice. Okay. Okay. Uh, as far as the basic moves, a couple of little things have changed in those, just some of the options and the questions uh, and, you know, just the hold that are available to some of those moves. So nothing too crazy or major there. We can always hit those when we get to them. And uh, the other real big one is the ship playbook. So we got to go through and look over a list of a whole bunch of different kinds of ships. And even in those kinds of ships, there are subcategories and lots of different fun options for uh, what exactly your ship is, what stats it has, and, and what's going on with that in general. Um, so I do believe we landed on The Legend, and it had a few different choices. Uh, the one we went with there was The Galleon. Uh, so the ship has three stats, Steadfast, Speed, and Fortune. Um, steadfast is how tough it is. Speed is how quick and maneuverable it is. Fortune is essentially how much it can carry. Um, so uh, your ship, the Wandering Star, has a minus one steadfast. It's not quite as armored or strong necessarily, but it does have a plus one speed and a plus one fortune. Uh, so you can carry a good amount and you are zippy and maneuverable. 
Um, you've got six cannons on this ship, uh, and the ships have what is called wreck. Wreck is your ship's health. Um, your ship has three health after we look at the stats plus what a galleon gets. So if it takes wreck, which is a type of damage that is specific to ships, then eventually you sink. Um, you hit three and you start sinking. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that you go straight down in the water the second you hit that, but it means the ship is, is going to go down. Uh, you might have a little time to get somewhere before it does. Um, so who wants to talk a little bit about this ship's history? We have some fun questions on this. Uh, the, the first one that it prompts us with is, what is this ship's myth? Uh, the legend is, you know, a ship that has a, a storied past. It has done something important. People recognize it one way or another. So, uh, so what happened with this ship, Jake? Do you want to tell us the myth? The Wandering Star was created... Uh, kind of as like a flagship, um, but specifically to unite or lead the pirates that aren't like subservient to the seven. It was kind of like a joint effort by the seven and by the kind of free captains to create a ship that would, when necessary, lead a fleet of all of them towards like a single unified goal. Exactly. Um uh, the second question is, who and where is this ship's famed original captain, and do you have their blessing? Uh, so we kind of talked over that a little bit. The original captain was uh, Adelaide Dawson. Uh, she was the one that was kind of in charge of putting together this armada and this whole project to have this ship built. Um, she passed it along to Captain Cole and, you know, of course by now Callahan is at the head, but, uh, it's safe to say that, uh, Dawson is no longer in the picture. Um, the third question is to pick a faction that respects and fears this ship. Uh, who did we go with on that? Uh, we had established that the seven, uh, respects and fears this ship. They were kind of involved in its creation and its purpose anyway. Um, so they have this respect for like what it can do and how it can unify. But at the same time, they fear that because if this ship can unite all of the pirates, then their leadership might not be as strong as they think. Nice. And the second half of that is pick a faction that covets it. Who is after this ship? Uh, we said that the Queen's Navy covets this ship uh, because the Wandering Star rep the, being this figurehead of all these independent pirates. Um, because taking the Wandering Star out of play would be a kind of metaphorical loss in regards to it being the symbol of uh, free piracy. Yeah. And so uh, the Queen's Navy wants to uh, sink that ship. Yeah, I like that. Uh, what is a distinctive feature of this ship? So the distinctive feature about the Wandering Star is that its figurehead actually is a shooting star. And what's unique about it is that whenever the Wandering Star is leading at least two other ships, the figurehead of the star glows. Okay. And lastly, what is the ship's name? The Spitting Cobra. Oh, God. The Bastard's Cradle. Oh, yeah, that's good. Anybody else? The ex-wife. The ex-wife. <laughs> nice. And I think the last major talking point is how hilariously wrong we did the idea of a crew being on this ship with no, you guys. Oh, yeah. 
because uh, you know we went pretty realistic like you know we we looked up ships we saw how much crew they would have we we had some long talks about that and we felt good and so we had like a crew of what was it 50 60 people mm-hmm. something like that something like that yeah and we got yeah. our ship playbooks here and uh the galleon of the legend holds six <laughs> Now that's extra crew besides you all. Um, so it kind of starts you out with five lackeys and then you have, you know, the capacity for six. And then of course yourselves on top of that. Uh, so we do have five crew members that are always here, ready to help you each with their own tags. And we have met two of them already in the story. That is true. You have met your powder monkey, Ellen Booth. Um, You know, she's great with alchemy. She can make an awesome, awesome bomb and uh, a few other alchemical concoctions. And you have met your bosun, David Douglas. And the others that we opted for uh, so that we had a little bit of everything on the ship that we need is a quartermaster uh, in the form of Lorelei Cormac. And we have a uh, brother-sister team, a set of twins, uh, Teresa Fly is your pistolier, so she is very handy in a fight, especially with firearms. And your healer, Elliot Fly, who has a little flair for some innate magic in the realm of healing. And I think if there's nothing else to recap, we have to go into our very, very first ABCs of piracy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> so here's how this is going to work. Y'all are going to pitch me, uh, uh, where's a good place to start? How about A? How about the letter A? Uh, a pirate term that starts with A, with with the, a little rhyme for it. Because we are filling out Theo's children's book of ABCs, Yes, right? we are. <laughs> are we voting on the best one? I think so. I think we'll go around and uh, I can be tiebreaker if okay. needed. And then next episode, we'll jump to B. And of course, it's going to have to rhyme with the end of whichever one wins. Of course. Do we want to roll like a, everybody roll a D6 to see who has to go first? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think that's fair. Ro- Rochambeau. Uh, I'll go last because I definitely did not forget to do this and eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich <laughs> instead <laughs> while I was trying to come up with something. Who uh, Does does high go first or low go first? I had instinctively thought low, like you're number one, you can yeah. choose. Oh, I like it. I got one. I got five. Four? Three. Okay. A is for aft near the back of the ship. Oh, very good. Uh, you rolled first. Who goes next? Rev. Okay. A is for albatross, a pirate's good luck. Ooh, okay. Who goes next? I think Megan's still writing hers, so I'm going to go next. <laughs> <laughs> there was a moment we could have been really piratey and cutthroaty. Me like, okay, Megan, go. <laughs> um, A is for anchor. Let's raise and set sail. Oh. Nice. A is for ahoy. A friendly hello. Nice. Oh, my God. I can't believe nobody went with R. That was my backup. Yeah. In case someone said that. was my second one. But I am impressed that you skipped the the obvious one and got some good stuff. No, R is. (laughs) (laughs) Well played. Uh, Is everybody voting for themselves or did any of them stand out? I I mean, it's the beginning of a book. I got to go with Anchor. That's such a good start to a book about pirates. Uh, Lifting the anchor and and getting going. Yeah. Okay. I already forgot what. 
the first two were. So. <laughs> she was furiously. She was up so with blown own. away by my entry. <laughs> I was really busy trying to come up with a, a rhyme for ahoy. No, I, I do like uh, anchor as well. Okay, that's two for anchor. We just need one more. I I like anchor and ahoy both as the starts of a book. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Kim, you, you can even out the vote elsewhere or go with yours, which is not a bad thing because you're a pirate and that's super <laughs> loud. Or by default, you could vote for me or Jake and make yourself win and still look like you're voting for someone else because <laughs> you're the only one with two votes. <laughs> I think I'm gonna. Um, I think I'm gonna vote for Megan because I want Tass to do a tiebreaker. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this backfired on him so beautifully right out the gate. Well, that's okay. What was it he said about? It's so great when I don't have to come up with things. <laughs> I think it's anchor. Okay. All right. Let it be recorded. Let's hear it once more so we know what we got to rhyme with next week. A is for anchor. Let's raise and set sail. You heard the lady. Anchor's up. Let's set sail. I think we pick up right where we left off. Three of you have opened your letters. Sayer has noticed a new friend. Well, holy shit. I don't think this is how this was supposed to work. Uh, I'm going to, like, bend down and, and start to examine it. Uh, as you do, like, it, it is baring its teeth at you. You know, the spot that should be the flap where your pack opens. But it isn't aggressive. It's... Almost similar to when you had dealt with the chest, you know, baring its teeth was kind of a positive indication for you. With that in mind, I'm going to reach out and I'm going to pet the top of my backpack. And it like (laughs) separates a little and the tongue lashes out like just a little bit and caresses your hand. Where exactly is your backpack? I, I think it is just on the ground next to my chair so i'm just leaned over kind of under the table almost what what are you doing oh well and i'm gonna pick it up and plop it down on the table what the fuck is that (gasps) oh my god don't think it was supposed to work this way but this could be interesting and i'm gonna try to feed it some of my chicken i don't think this is how this works you don't eat do you uh it like it takes it and it seems to be like tasting it with the tongue like fully venom style out of its mouth and it kind of shakes happily and then eventually just drops it when it's just a dry piece of chicken. Oh, interesting. Is it friendly? I I think so. It let me pet it. Is it yours now? Uh, I'm going to reach towards it as if I'm going to try to open my backpack. Uh, Yeah, it starts to open its mouth for you. It's just a stomach. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how much of this I want to ask. What does it look like inside? Ghoulish. It's drier than you'd think. (laughs) 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 Like it does. It's it's kind of like just looking into a big, wide open mouth, except there isn't the hole at the, you know, there isn't the esophagus. The tongue is attached to the bottom and um you know it even retracts the tongue a little bit like inside so that it curls up very tight and small and there's a lot of space and all around the the lip are lots and lots of little razor teeth just like the chest had yeah i'll I'll, uh reach inside and pull out one of my scrolls and then put it back and then scoot it towards callahan you try i don't think i want to do that i mean how else am i gonna find out I will reach very slowly and gingerly towards the backpack. This time when it bears its teeth, it doesn't seem very friendly. Nope, not for me. Interesting. I gotta come up with a name for you. I mean, not now. 
I gotta, you gotta, all, I gotta get to know really? it for a while. You gotta live with a pet sometimes before you. <laughs> so, anyone, good news? Yeah, I need another drink. I'm gonna go <laughs> to the bar. Uh, yeah, I will. I will just look to Ada then, see what she's got to say about what was in her letter. As I uh, casually fold mine up and tuck it inside my jacket. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I set my letter down on the table and kind of without even sort of thinking about it, the letter just kind of crumples up all by itself without me touching it. Nice. And uh, I look up. Do you remember how I talked about that man who gave me information about the anvil? Yes. Um, well, I took him for an easy mark and got some coin out of him. And I did not realize that he was a member of the Sharks. That one's on me. Sorry. <laughs> so what does the letter say? He gave me some money and then I kind of stood him up and he wasn't very happy about that. So what? He just wants his money back. Um, he didn't really say what he wanted, just that the sharks don't appreciate paying for something and then being stood up. Well, I'm just kind of looking around at everybody at the table, like, hoping for suggestions. Maybe you just leave the money here with a note with the bar keep and an apology, and maybe that'll do it. Yes. Write him a letter, make something up, a reason why you couldn't be there. Maybe pay back a little bit of interest just to make him feel better. <laughs> but I really want to keep the money. I'll set down drinks for everybody and I'll ask her, um, what exactly did you promise him for this money? I just promised that I'd read his fortune and, you know. So, write out his fortune with the apology and the money and say, this one's on the house. Tristan, it doesn't work like that. The person has to shuffle the cards and think of a question. I can't just make one up. You absolutely can just make one up. <laughs> oh, no. Tell him that you couldn't be there because of what your stars said that day. Yes. Yes, invoke the stars. All right. All right. That's very, very good. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pull out a piece of paper and just start writing as I'm sipping my drink. Awesome. I mean, hell, maybe he's still here somewhere. Maybe you can just go apologize in person. Oh, maybe. Um, what's the name of the bartender again? Vicky. Vicky. Uh, I'm going to uh, sort of wave at Vicky and ask her, Vicky, is uh, Thomas, the gentleman I was talking to, is he still on the island? No, I haven't seen him in three or four days at least. I mean, he might be around, but he isn't downtown Clearwater. Last time you saw him, did he look put off or anything? Uh, no, not really put off. Last time I saw him, he dropped this off. He kind of had a little swagger, actually. Swagger? I'm kind of offended. I wanted him to be upset. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'd have called it that dangerous kind of swagger. I'd say you probably upset him. All right. You know, you you don't want him to be upset. Like, I know, I know that you want him to be upset, but like... Look at me, Theo. I want them to be upset. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't... Why? It means that he liked me. I'm going to keep writing. All right, I've come up with three so far. Bagenthal, Sackington, or Pactricia. Why? Do all three. Just first, first, middle, and last. <laughs> Pactricia, Baggington, Sackenthal, or whatever they were. Yeah. Because when you, I mean, when you have to scold it, you want to have a full name to throw at it so that it knows you mean business. Mm, that's fair. I start arranging them in different orders. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, mine wasn't good news, unfortunately. 
I mean, it's kind it's kind of good news. I, I don't really know what to make of it. Uh, my disguise was seen through uh, on the ship. What? How? I, I don't know. I thought it... I thought we did a pretty good job. My letter was from Salarak Nines, and it said, Your disguise was good, but not good enough to fool me, and that's good because it means that you paid off a large part of your debt. And I look at Callahan. So it's a good letter. Kind of. That's why I said I don't... It's bad and good. It, somebody knows that at least I was there. I mean, it's good that part of your debt's paid off, but if she could see through your disguise, then it implies that maybe somebody else could have seen through the rest of us. Yeah. Do we know in the world at least what the rumor is of Salarak's magical item, like what it does for her? That's kind of the problem with Salarak is that the rumors are all over the place. Um, while all the rest of them have been seen in action doing a thing with theirs that, you know, most people can probably construe, hey, that was really strong and powerful and most people can't do that. That's probably their relic. Nobody has a definitive answer about that for Salarak. Lots of people have little things that they're like, oh, I, it's this. It's definitely this. But it's like one pirate captain somewhere that thinks he saw it once with nobody else and, and so on and so on. Well, that's unsettling. I can't believe that someone was able to see through what it is we were doing. It doesn't make sense. We were literally wearing the garb of the wings of life. We were on their ships. Like, it wasn't even a disguise. It was their actual belongings. Unless someone saw and recognized us specifically, personally, underneath the hoods. Hmm. But that would mean that somebody that we encountered knew who you were, survived to tell the tale, and told it to Salarak of all people. That's true. Or maybe she's scrying on you. Maybe when you got your tattoo, she found a way to get a little bit of the blood. I put my hand under the table. (laughs) She can only see through the... (laughs) Awesome. Maybe you should get a pair of gloves like Ada, just in case. I keep breaking them. <laughs> it's true. The The calf skin is not great for if you're going to punch a lot. Maybe it's a all in the stitching. I don't. I'm sorry. I just, I like to feel like I know things about things. Well, what about you? What about me? Your letter. Oh, just a love note. <gasps> From who? A gentleman never kisses and tells. I just kind of tapped the letter in my pocket. Yes, I know, but we're asking you, Callahan. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Even Vicky gives a. Eh. She's just standing here. The whole time. Oh yeah, she's behind the bar. She's like, "Wait, you guys are disguised as the what now?" <laughs> <laughs> you did what? Where? Who? <laughs> Furious scribbling. <laughs> uh, it's about this time that you start to hear a bell toll. It's not unusual to hear a bell tolling through the the town, uh, you know, especially on the hour, but it is very specifically not on the hour. And it tolls seven times, which is indication in Clearwater that a member of the seven is pulling into the bay. But no indication of which member? Uh, No, it's just the seven bells to let you know that one of them is here. I'm going to pick up Bagenthal and head towards the door. Beautiful. Yeah, I'll, I'll finish off my drink because I and then walk out because I want to know who it is. Uh, yeah, I'm going to finish off my uh, the letter that I was writing to Thomas, uh, you know, uh, dearest Thomas and apologizing for missing uh, for missing our rendezvous. I'm going to blame it on a bad fortune from the stars and uh, going to sign it. Uh, Love, Ada, Ivy. Hawthorne, and uh, I'm gonna <laughs> spritz it with some of my with some of my perfume, and then I'm gonna leave it for uh, for Vicky. Okay, 
Oh, and I'll give some of the I'll give the gold back too. I'll give him uh, like a hundred and ten. So ten extra. Okay. So that's part of the retcon too, and suddenly unfortunate because I was going to mention that you technically have one more treasure than you thought you did in the new currency. Damn it. But you're seemingly giving it back. Well, I still have some left because Sayer gave me some money too, and I haven't given that back. Yes, indeed. You do have some pittance left. Unfortunately, I don't start with treasure anymore. Oh, you sure <laughs> don't. I gave you buttons you didn't realize. It. <laughs> <laughs> this is currency where I come from. <laughs> where do you come from? The land of misfit toys? <laughs> uh, but Vicky takes it and gives you a nod. I'll pass it along. All right, thank you. I follow her out. All right, everybody just rushing for the docks? Yeah. You can see uh, that the town's in a little bit of a tizzy again, hearing the bells, and there's lots of people kind of roaming out of their homes or out of their shops to to glance down the boulevard. And uh, as you round the corner to the main part of the dock, you watch as the ship of Esme the Hewer pulls into the dock uh, on a large ship called the Winter's Maw. Theo lets out a sigh of relief. (laughs) Okay. What do we know of Esme the Hewer? You know that she is definitely the most aggressive of the of the seven. Um, she is called the Hewer because of the massive battle axe that she uses in battle. It's this huge double-sided thing with this special, like, light blue steel. And uh, you are definitely aware of what her relic is does at least not necessarily what it is um but she uses it liberally in battle uh she has the ability to freeze large portions of the ocean and water uh like anything from like a thin sheet of ice to these large like iceberg like spiky creations that she can uh like create up in front of ships and and things like that so she makes devastating use of those in ship battle hmm is there an eventual fire and ice battle in my future oh very potentially so is she to be avoided I don't think so, unless you have a very specific reason to avoid her. Like, you know, if she if she is after something that you have, or if you have done something to cause her pain or ire, um, then then absolutely, she's a, a tough customer. But um, yeah, not just in general necessarily. Uh, one of the big key things here is it's odd to see her at all because her territory is the far north. She hails from Farhearth. Um, so she, you know, she lives up where it's a, at least a little colder and, and, you know, this is nearly the opposite side of the, well, not the world from you, but at least the, you know, the known islands here. Hmm. Does anybody have beef with Esme? Not that I'm aware of. Not that I know of. No. Oh, oh great. How do we want to play this? I mean, we don't technically have to interact with her at all if we don't want to, but I'm awfully curious why she's here. I think as you're asking that question... Some of the dock workers that are down right near where she has docked, you know, they're, of course, helping get the boat pulled in and and just everything settled. And you see several of them, like, glancing around, and at least one of them stops and and points in all of your direction and looks back up to the ship and kind of gives a solid nod and and back over and, you know, kind of covers his eyes and gives another solid nod again, pointing directly at you four. Everybody sure about that whole no beef with her thing? 
Hey, I said as far as I was aware. Tristan, is she who the letter was from? Oh, it all makes sense. No. Now, come on. Think think for a moment. If the letter just, she would have brought it or not. No, no, it's not from her. Well, it could have been like a wait here letter. I'll be there in days. It's not from her. It's fine. Drop it. Um, I have a genuine question, and this might sound like I'm being an ass. <laughs> no? What purpose did ringing the bell serve if she's already docked? Uh, no, that's not a that's not a mean question. You're not being an ass. Um, I think it's just a general call for people that might be concerned about it to do exactly what you saw. People are poking their heads out of businesses and stuff to see who's here. And if they should be worried, they have the heads up to do what they've got to do. So it's perceived differently by each side. Absolutely. The, the pirate lords see it as like, yes, I have arrived. It's it's my <laughs> yeah. announcement. And the other people are like, no, this is just just a little bit of a heads up. Yeah, exactly. And like this isn't you would know that this isn't lost on her either, um, you know, because this is clear water. This is, uh, you know, this is the place that people can come to feel safe no matter where they're from. But that doesn't mean that eyes aren't on everyone coming in and out as well. Well, I I guess I'll start making my way towards her ship. You all don't have to come along if you don't want to, but it seems like clearly they want to speak to one of us. So I can go be the welcome party if that's fine with everyone else. I'm coming with. I knew it. Trist. I know. And miss the chance of seeing you and your it's former a, ex-plane. No. Is not. <laughs> She's far too frosty for me. <laughs> uh, I don't know if they're going to follow me or not, but I'm going to start heading that direction. Okay. I'm following. Okay. Yeah, I'm coming with. Yeah, following. You make your way down, and the uh, the questioning crowds, the you know the people that had kind of gathered up to see what was going on, have mostly dispersed at this point, or in some very few cases, probably noticeably sprinted away. But uh, as you get down there, the the ship is fully docked by now, and uh, this very imposing woman comes marching onto the dock and towards you. Uh, she's just over six feet tall. She has fiery red hair, very long and twisted in these intricate braids all the way down her back. She's wearing furs, but like much lighter. Like this is a warm climate. It looks like she's used to something uh, uh, thicker and more ornate, but she has, has shed that for, for this climate. And uh, across her back is that massive double-sided axe. Uh, she sees you coming and gives kind of an impressed little half smile and nod and and walks up with a, a handout offering a shake. I will shake it. Welcome to Clearwater. What can we do for you? Well, what you can do for me is uh, maybe a job if you'd like to get some payment. I'm interested. All right. Do you have somewhere you like to relax here or would you like to come back onto the ship? Oh, let's go have a drink and a conversation at the chandelier. All right. And she follows you up. Uh, you know, again, there's a lot of people watching this procession through the streets. She's got two people with her. Don't even seem like bodyguards, just seem like, you know, some of her crew that wanted to come along. She clearly needs uh, no one protecting her. And she follows you up and, and has a seat in uh, one of the nice big booths. I'll call for a round of drinks and join her. All right. Well, mostly I'm here for a little bit of relaxation, but... Um, I look at Tristan. <laughs> but I figured I'd get a little done while I was here as well, and uh, I heard you all were here for a while. You clearly heard correctly. You do quite a lot. You've got a little bit of a name for yourselves, at least. 
among those of us that uh, are paying attention. Likewise. Ha, huh, thank you. Are you in the business of hunting folk down? Depends what sort of folk. I am not going to ask you to kill anyone, mostly to find someone, at least sink their ship for me, and uh, get the goods that they have taken and keep some and bring some back. That sounds straightforward enough, and like the sort of thing we might do. Who is it? His name's Captain Terhune. He was in the process of joining my cruise, and it would seem that he was doing so under some kind of guise, because he's stolen one of my ships, albeit a fairly shitty one, and one of my favourite weapons, along with quite a lot of my gold. The gold I'm not as worried about, but I'd love that weapon back, and if you bring it back to me, along with the flag from the top of that ship, I'll pay you twice what the weapon's worth. Um, I will kind of give a look around to the rest of my crew at the table here to see if they seem like they're into this idea. Shrug. I mean, this seems like a pretty easy gig. Why not just, no offense, do it yourself? Ah, yes. Well, that's a good question. Unfortunately, he got ahead of us enough that now he's going to the territories of who I assume he defected to, one of the other seven, Dianaya Grace. And she's got quite a bit larger force than I have. So I would rather not stir up trouble over a one ship, but, I mean, I wouldn't mind sending you all in. You have no affiliations with which to be tracked back, so... What do we know about Dianaya Gress's situation? Uh, you know that Dianaya has a fairly large crew, but not necessarily very impressive ships. She just has a lot of ships that are small, fast maneuverable. And it is fairly well known what she can do as well. It's actually kind of similar to what you dealt with controlling the uh, the skeletons with a mask. Um, she is able to communicate with anyone that is a blood member of her crew, um, you know, being blooded with them, meaning that, you know, like a full member and, and, you know, a patron of her, so to speak. She can communicate with them instantly. So she is well known for these amazing coordinated strikes because even over long distances it doesn't seem to matter if this person has defected to Dianaya, it seems like it might be dangerous dealing with them because from what i've heard she can communicate instantly with the folks that work for her aye that's true but same as with what he had to do with me he's not a full member of her crew yet it would take quite a lot of time before he uh becomes a full member. If you can track him down before that happens, then I don't think that it's going to be a situation to raise her ire, at least not at you. What does that mean exactly? Time? Why does it take time to join your crew? She kind of gives a little shrug. That's just the way we work. It takes more than just a pledge to become one of us. So like stealing the ship of a rival and returning it to you wouldn't do it? No, not necessarily, but that was probably a way to prove how sincere he was. So 50-50 here, retrieval, revenge. Exactly. What's the weapon? It's a dagger. It's called the Manticore's Tail. It has magical properties. When you swing it, it unleashes like a whip. You can strike many people with it in one blow, and it pierces any armor that isn't magic. That is pretty cool. It is very cool. And I assume that were anything to go wrong and we were captured and found responsible or anything like that, you would just burn us, disavow us, leave us for dead. 
Oh, of course. I mean, we are in a very public place talking about this. Just saying. I think Esme knows that she doesn't have to fear the contents of this particular bar. She's got a lot more guns than we do, so to speak. I, I wouldn't deny having the conversation, but I don't have to come save you. I'll tell you what. I'm interested, and I like you. I look at Tristan. <laughs> <laughs> so does she. Make our payout three times the weapon's value. No further questions will do it. Uh, I think to up the stakes a little bit, that sounds like a parley to me. That is a 10. Okay, what are your choices on a 10 plus? I can squeeze them for more or take the ante. Okay, so, uh, you know, ante is a new thing in this version um, that can be used in these situations and fights and a few other things. It's kind of like a free temporary bond with whoever you're dealing with, and it gives you some options there. Uh, yeah, or you can squeeze them for more. This was a 10 plus and, and she kind of likes your style. So you could try something there too. Um, I think I will, I'll take the ante. Um, I will take that short term bond because it says that you're encouraged to spend it as quickly as you can since it doesn't last very long. Okay. Uh, so I'm, I mean, I'm just going to immediately spend it to give her a tag. Okay. What are you looking at? Enamored. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> It's canon now. I, so I think I finish this like, you know, I'll do it. No questions asked for, for three times. I just kind of give her a little wink or something like something flirtatious. Uh, I think she blushes just a little bit and gives you a very pleased, confident smile with the swagger that you just hit her with. All right. Three times. I will hold out my hand to shake then. She shakes. All right. Well, any further information you can give us that'll get us closer to him? Is much appreciated where he was last seen, when, which direction, how much crew he's got, anything like that. Well, he was heading south from our lands, of course, but uh, my guess would be Alverton, if you'd like to find him. That's where Gris is mostly operating from. How long ago did he leave? Oh, right about the time that, that I left, I came straight here from Farhearth, so it's a good bet that he got whatever he was going. I probably, but hasn't been there long. All right. Well, let's make haste for Alverton. See if we can track Terhune down and try to avoid an international incident while we're at it. What's the name of the ship he's on? The Popper's Coin. What's the plan? Leaving immediately? Setting out in the morning? Is there anything that we need to do before we go? We don't have the means to like upgrade our ship or anything yet. Does anybody need to acquire anything or interact with anyone because i'd just as soon just go yeah i mean i can't get anything yeah i don't have any money to spend anymore yeah we need treasure to upgrade anything and buy anything so it sounds like we have to do this first before we <laughs> i keep forgetting that all you plebes don't have any treasure let alone the ship's metal lockbox and whatever's inside of it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't have any treasure anymore because you all shamed me into giving it back <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah, let's just let's get ready and go. All right, as we're as we're getting up from from the table, I want to kind of lean up to to Callahan and say, "I thought she was too frosty for you," and I'm going to uh, use my telekinesis to kind of like flick his hat a little bit. <laughs> well, she appears to be warming up. <laughs> all right, if you're all taking off. Uh, I think you know that you have about uh, a six to seven day journey ahead of you. Um, so I think 
that that technically counts as a downtime. If anybody needs to use or do anything, use one of the new downtime moves. Uh, that reminds me, because I forgot, we had talked about luck and it just being awarded for doing good stuff. Yeah. I want to make a pitch for Ada getting luck for the I look at Tristan bit. Oh, yeah. And it actually manifesting something in <laughs> yes. the fiction. Yeah. For sure. Mark of luck. Thank you. I don't know about anybody else, but for my downtime move, I want to navigate since we are going to a new destination. Um, yeah, Alverton is a, a pretty big city in this world, um, but... I mean, it is Dianaya's city. Like, you know, if people aren't sort of true neutral, she may not even let a lot of people close, even freelance pirates uh, in some cases. So it makes sense that uh, it's somewhere that you all had not necessarily been. I like that. Ten. Awesome. Uh, So you absolutely are going to get there without trouble. If you want, you can find something special, but you will encounter trouble. Well, we got to encounter something special. Only because it makes Tass sit back in his chair and stare at the ceiling. (laughs) Okay. I think you get most of the way through this trip. And uh, there's a small island before you get closer to the mainland where you know Alverton is on the uh, southern edge. And there's a small island called Hunter's Run. And uh, I think it's probably safe to say that you even make a quick stop there. Just, you know, get off the ship for for a a few hours, um, restock just some of the basic stuff, and go on your way. As you're heading east and around that far east edge of Hunter's Run and about to branch away from the island and up towards Alverton, I think you all see a ship that you would recognize that's pulled out. It's a little ways away from the shore, but not too far, you know, uh, just a short uh, rowboat's distance away. It's the Queen's Lance. And out on the bowsprit, waving in your direction, is its captain, Bratton Reese. Very distantly, you're hearing, Hi, hi, hello, come on, come here. I'm going to put down my telescope and look down at Bagenthal. Uh, I suppose I should tell the others. Uh, and I'm going to yell down, Reese is uh, hailing us. Why? I He didn't say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, pull up alongside and let's see what he wants. All right. Yeah, I will uh, start to maneuver us that direction. Okay. I I think you uh, pull up alongside the Queen's Lance and uh, he is leaning against the rail, giving you a, a friendly smile and wave. Fancy meeting you out here. What are you doing out here? What? Why were you waving at us? Oh, I... Well, you know, I noticed you and uh, thought, hey, I'm about to do something dangerous. I could use a little bit of help. It's not that bad. You know, I think a few of us can take care of it quickly. What sort of dangerous thing? I have found a treasure map and it is not far, maybe a, a, oh, a mile or so inland from this exact point. And I believe that there is uh, something buried, something valuable. Uh, the problem is, uh, and he is cut off by a horrifying shriek. And as you look towards the island, bursting up from the tree line just beyond the beach are about a dozen harpies flying your way.
Endless Tides is a Crit Show Studios production. This episode, edited by Eric Wilburn, with music by Jake Purley, and produced by Brandon Wentz. You can find the Ashcan from Rapscallion at magpiegames.com. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Sign. That's a geometric waveform or arc that rises and falls. And a new Canadian TTRPG and podcast inspired by that almost soothing mathematical motion. Let me show you. The action begins to rise as powerful strangers in a ruined yet vibrant world band together. If you run north, they will chase you. I suggest you stand behind me. Partner, I'd rather stand beside you if you're willing to help. Tension continues to mount higher as our characters must push themselves beyond their usual limits. As I'm climbing into the into the driver's seat, I'm going to say to Sarah, sometimes you got to make tough decisions. I'm driving now. And it peaks as a danger and excitement hits its zenith, leading to great failure or success. Fenriel would be just fire at this point. She straight up might die. Like, this encounter might murder you. You know what? You lit me on fire. We're going to be on fire, baby. And this tension relaxes. The tragedy, but more often humor, that comes with great pals being around a virtual table playing a game. Discover Sign on your favorite podcast player. S-I-N-E. Choices of the characters are theirs to make, but the fate of the world is up to the dice.